The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, it's been an eventful last few days. We still have a ton of time, it seems like, until the NBA trade deadline. No one better to bring in than Mark Stein of the New York Times to break down everything that's been going on, everything that is going on right now. How you doing, man? You getting any sleep? Yeah, man, I'm fine. This is nothing. This is light work, as the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, really. Do you ever consider like moving to Pacific Time Zone? Would that make your job easier or harder? No, th- than Central I, Time Zone. It'd it's make funny it because off. I I grew up for the bulk. You know, I from age nine through twenty six ish. I was a Southern California resident, and man, when I I miss it greatly every time i come back i i just like how did i ever leave here but no man that's you know after after all the years with espn and the new york times i keep all my all my clocks all my watches all my phones are on eastern time and i just (laughs) i can i cannot i'm a night person too like i cannot wake up three hours behind my office it just doesn't work i mean i've had even I remember, um, you know, I've, I've had this talk with Kiki Vandeweghe, who obviously is in the NBA office, and he's, you know, he sp- he splits time. He, sometimes he's in LA, sometimes he's in New York. And he said, but when you're in LA, you know, it's great. You you see all the games, and it's only eleven o'clock. But I can't go to sleep at eleven o'clock. If I stay up till two in LA and wake up at nine, all my people are at lunch. Can't do it, man. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, for me, I you know, I probably we record. At like midnight is probably when we're done more often than not. And so I usually go to bed at two and wake up at like nine or something like that. But it's well, uh, you, right now we're, we're yeah. recording this at, you know, in the 11 hour in Dallas. And you asked me if I was going to be up and I laughed. I mean, I'm going to be up for three more hours at least. I mean, it's just, it's just normal. All good. All good. All right. So uh, the people did not come here to hear us banter uh, about the time zones in the United States. They came to hear us talk about this trade deadline. So let's start with the, the Porzingis trade. Obviously, you work for the New York Times now. This has been a, a big focus uh, of yours. So how quickly did all of this come together? We've heard varying reports that the Knicks were kind of shopping him around. Then he supposedly requested a trade. That news came out. And then, you know, 35 minutes later, the trade has been agreed to it, can you just kind of take us through what what the timeline was here? I mean, this my interpretation is that teams have been coming at the Knicks for a while now to try to get him. The Knicks' willingness to trade him certainly is a fairly recent development, but I really feel like they had pretty much decided by the time the meeting happened that they were going to make a trade and that they were going to move him and and just my kind of read on it is I think what they were hoping for is at this meeting, if Porzingis comes in and says, Hey, this is where I want to be. I'm, you know, I'm a Nick. I want to stay here. I want, I, you know, I want us to, to build a championship team. Had, had he given them, you know, cause for pause to, to make them think, you know, maybe we are being a little hasty here to trade him now. Maybe we shouldn't do this, but, but, that didn't happen. I think their suspicions now whether all of this should have been discussed publicly is a whole is another thing. You know, the Knicks have taken a lot of criticism and I would say some of it justified for, you know, revealing after the fact that we didn't feel like KP was all in, you know, obviously there there are, you know, they've they've taken heat heat for that. But wherever you stand on that, I don't think there's any dispute here that the Knicks for some time have had suspicions that you know, he was either going to take the qualifying offer or he didn't want to be there in the long term. However, you want to describe it, they they had enough 
reason to think that it was going that the relationship was not in a great place and i think that's what changed their appetite and and made them go for this deal and look the mavericks i live in dallas as you know the mavericks are thrilled to get this guy thrilled beyond belief they gave up a lot for him though this was not oh yeah like, i've been I, I'm, I'm seeing this described as a salary this is not a salary dump people i mean oh, no. the mavericks gave no. up three prime assets and took on two what most teams would describe as undesirable contracts i, I don't think that qualifies as a salary dump no, it, it really doesn't it, to me. And I actually liked this trade better for the Knicks when Danny and I talked about it on Thursday night. And I, I still feel that way. Nothing's really happened since then. Um, but, you know, certainly it could work out to Dallas's uh, advantage. And you mentioned the undesirable contracts. Clearly, the, the Knicks have these free agency aspirations this summer. They now have enough room for two maximum slots. And did you it was pretty clear that they were trying to move Hardaway and Lee. I mean, do you have any understanding of like what that would have cost them? I mean, Cause I think one way to look at it is, okay, they got Dennis Smith Jr. They got two first round picks, but then they also avoided having to give up picks by uh, being able to move Hardaway and Lee's contracts. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, you heard the messaging, the messaging was out there. The Knicks will not attach assets to get rid of Hardaway and Lee. Well, oh, then how oh, are they, yeah. gonna, how are yeah. they going to trade yeah. them? Oh, 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 don't worry. We scoffed at that plenty. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, Nilakina has been out there and I was expecting, OK, they'll they'll get somebody to take Hardaway by giving Nilakina that that's kind of what I expected. And I didn't even think that was close to enough. And And you know what? It might not have been. And maybe that's why they ended up going this completely different direction. But. Uh, there's no there's no question that you have to attach at least one and maybe more to to move off those contracts. But, you know, I wrote a story a week before the Porzingis trade that that, you know, getting Hardaway and Lee off were two huge Knicks priorities. And and we all know why. I mean, they want to, you know, the KD and Kyrie talk is is out there louder than ever. And they had to move those guys. So to be able to I mean, I think that's why they love the Dallas trade so much because they got Dennis Smith, who I think is a player they've they've liked and probably should have drafted. I think it's fair to say in retrospect, but they didn't. But they, you know, they see Dennis Smith as an elite assets. They got an elite asset. They got two future first from Dallas and they got those two contracts off the books. And I, you know, people, you know, you hear that criticism of the Knicks. Why didn't they shop this deal more? Why, you know, why didn't they wait a whole yeah. other week? Who? Who in this league, I am no Nate Duncan and I am no Danny LaRue, but I certainly do not see a team in this league that I that jumps off the page to me as willing to take on those two deals. Where where is it? Who else was it besides Dallas? I I don't see it. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's really interesting, right? And I mean I'm not sure who it is who is carping that, you know, they didn't have a chance to get in on the bid. I mean, you hear that with so many trades, right? I mean, going back to Pau Gasol, it's like, oh, we had no idea he was available. We would have given up so much. And obviously teams are much more willing to make it sound like they'd give stuff up after the trade has already happened with somebody else. You know, that's a that's a Boston Celtics special as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, number one, I thought the Knicks did pretty well here. I think, uh, and you talked about their cap space aspirations this summer. Well, Chris Stapps Porzingis was going to cost $17.7 million on the cap this summer. You keep him, there's really no way you're getting to the double max slots. And then, you know, you're looking, if they really have the confidence that they can get two max guys this summer, you'd much rather have those guys on a max contract than Porzingis on close to a max contract as well, who, you know, in theory didn't want to be there, and perhaps justifiably so. Uh, frankly um what are you hearing about his health both in terms of this year uh, and you know just in general uh, like what's the feeling around the league is, is the is the thought he's gonna make a full recovery or uh you, you know what's kind of the thought there i mean here here's the thing you, you cannot dispute his injury history he's missed what is it 110 out of 296 possible games as a nick i mean that's a big staggering number He's had a variety of injuries. Now, an ACL tear in and of itself in 2019 is not a career-threatening injury. But I think 
you know, the Mavs have to have a healthy level of concern here. But I also know, you know, this is a team I spend a lot of time around. Casey Smith, Jeremy Holsopple, those are the two guys who lead their athletic training staff. And, you know, uh, the Mavs feel very, very strongly that they have one of the best medical staffs in the league and that Porzingis is going to be in very good hands and they're going to get him on the court and he's going to be a very productive player. But, you know, I don't think there's any question that Porzingis is going to have to prove his durability going forward. I mean, the questions are out there. The numbers are what they are. And, you know, he's going to have to prove it. But the Mavs have been after him for a long oh, yeah. time. No, you know, I, heard, I know they loved him I in heard, the draft. You know, I heard a week before the trade was the first time I heard we're going after him in free agency. He's the guy we're going after. But then you say, okay, he's restricted. You know, you can throw whatever you want to throw at him. The Knicks will match. I didn't think that much of it when I first heard it. But then I kind of read that's kind of when I realized, you know, once this trade talks started that, you know, that that's he was they were they were making the hard push for him already. It was voiced to me as a free agency thing, but it was obviously a trade pursuit. And then you kind of hear that this is a guy that the Mavs have been calling about for ages. I mean, you can you can safely assume that pretty much every time they've talked to the Knicks, they were asking if Porzingis was available and he. He hasn't been available until now. So they're they're thrilled. Uh, you know, Rick Carlisle said it better than anybody. It's it's got echoes of Nash and Nowitzki, but both of these guys are taller. And in the new length three point rangey NBA, you know, you want taller, you want bigger, you want longer. So uh but the potential is tantalizing, but I mean, the health concerns are going to have to be dispelled. There's just no way around it. What do you make of this idea that he would take the qualifying offer? That report came out shortly after the trade. I, I was skeptical. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know where that comes from. I can't speak to someone else's reporting. I, I, I would certainly be very, very, very surprised. If that were and the you case. haven't, you haven't heard anything to that effect yourself. No, I mean, since this all went down, I mean, look, I, you know, the Mavs are going into this with the full intention of we're going to show this guy how great it is here and he's going to want to stay. And, you know, I don't know if that was a message that was conveyed to the Knicks about taking the qualifying offer and just got carried over. Um, but, uh, you know, the Mavs feel pretty good about their ability to to sell Porzingis on how good of a fit Dallas can be for him. You know, he's friends with Dirk Nowitzki already. He's friends with Luka Doncic already. There is an existing relationship with both of these guys. And I think the Mavs are going to let those two, even though Dirk obviously is not playing in the long term, you know, Dirk could retire tomorrow. He's still going to be part of the fabric in Dallas. He's going to be part of the organization one way or the other. So I think the Mavericks gonna, are going to let Nowitzki and Doncic kind of lead the recruiting in this case. And, and I would, you know, I would think that has a pretty profound impact on Porzingis, given he's such a big fan of both of those guys. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see where those negotiations end up. If they just offer him the straight up full boat max contract for five years, you know, are there going to be some non guarantees kind of along the lines of Joel Embiid? That'll be interesting to see. But we have so much more to talk about here. I, I think. Um, Oh, one more thing. Do you have any idea? Have you heard anything from your uh, Mavs sources of like how they plan to use him? You think they, they put him at center, put him at uh, power forward? Have they talked about that at all? I mean, I think they will. You know, they you know they they will keep looking for other bigs to that can yeah. go with him. But I don't know that they're so worried about designations. And you know, they they more look. They want. They know they need shooting. Uh, the beauty of Porzingis is that when he has been at healthy and at his best, he's not just a shooter, but he is a rim protector. He is a guy who is, you know, he's not the shooter Nowitzki is, but obviously he's he's much more of a two-way player. So I think really more than positions, what the Mavs are, the Mavs just general approach since, since Doncic got here and illustrated almost instantly that he is the real deal and a franchise player the mantra has instantly become in Dallas. We just got to get guys who fit around Luca, who fit around Luca. So I don't know so much that they're worried about positions. It's more just, does this guy mesh well with Doncic? That's kind of their approach to everything. All right. So we got a lot more to get to here with Mark. We got to get into the latest uh, on the AD saga 
for sure. And the potentially related Kyrie saga as well right after this. Remember 1989? Big trade deadline that year. Mark Aguirre went to the Pistons. Adrian Dantley was moved. Isaiah Thomas was blamed. Well, 1989 was also the year that the World Wide Web was invented. And we've come a long way since then. So why does it feel like the software you use every day at work is stuck in the past? Take a leap into the future by finding the right software for your business on Capterra.com, the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. They've got over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users. Captera has everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software from project management to email marketing. No matter what your business needs, Captera makes it easy to download the right solution fast. So visit captera.com slash capspace for free today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. That's captera.com slash capspace. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A, capterra.com, slash capspace. Let them know if that slash capspace URL that you came from us. All right, let's uh, let's start here, I guess. the I'll just uh, let you go of just, you know, what's in general your thoughts uh, on where things stand uh, with Anthony Davis's uh, trade requests from the Pelicans? Well, at this point, it's a one-team race. I mean, if anything is going to happen before the deadline, it's pretty much Lakers only. I mean, if you forced me right now to lodge a prediction, I would still say a trade is unlikely. But be, by virtue of the fact that you know the Lakers are really kind of the only ones in the game right now, or at least that's the impression you get, um, I guess we got to give them a chance and maybe – you know, does New Orleans just get worn down by Thursday after the circus this has become? But, you know, it, to me, the Lakers could offer everything they have, and there is just no way that anyone in L.A. can convince me that it's not all going to be there in May. I mean, and, and the Pelicans yeah. know it. I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> if we're going to talk about things that are laughable and debunkable, yeah. I mean – the 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 you know the line that came out of LA that if they don't do this now we're moving on to other targets i mean that might be the most laughable thing ever <laughs> uh, the lakers will not be moving on to other targets anthony davis is the target and and this will you know he is their guy and everything everything that that, that, that the lakers are offering now it'll be there it'll be there at draft time if the pelicans want to wait that that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I think the only thing that really could change that would be if LeBron suffered like some sort of a severe injury during the playoffs where like maybe he wouldn't be available to play part of next season or something like that. Or, you know, there's a question about whether he would be able to play at the same level. I mean, that to me is the only thing that, that would make it so that offer isn't available. And so it's interesting because with the way the Celtics now can't make their offer until probably at least around the time of the draft, or at least after the, after the draft lottery, you might say, um, and and after their season is over, you you might say, um, and I guess, you know, we have to see where Kyrie goes to. That's a whole separate thing. We'll have to talk about, Uh, but to me, yeah, I I agree. I mean, now you, you might say the Lakers, Hey, they should throw in the kitchen sink now. Um, and just hope that, that, can get it done. I mean, do you get the impression that that has happened? That basically everyone on the board is available and yeah, like you know, I, first I, round I, picks I gotta be as well. I, I'm I'm not gonna die. I am not diving into the minutia of let's rate the five oh, offers yeah. and this is like it's just come on. I mean, it, it's just you know. Yeah, I mean this this has been like just an incredible process in terms of like the amount of leaking that's occurred and like you know from the la times so then some other national guys oh it's they offered everything no they haven't made it that that good of an offer it's been underwhelming and i mean it does seem like it could be possible that some other dark horse team could come in here and just try to make a really aggressive offer but it's just i mean i've i've heard toronto's been thrown out there you know yeah i mean that one makes a lot of sense to me but uh that's just not sexy enough for for the pels to compete with what boston can offer i guess and just like, are these teams really going to do it when you – you're not going to keep Anthony Davis? Like, I mean, now there are certain teams that, you know, the you know we've seen some 
real ballsy dice rollers in this league. I mean, what Oklahoma City did with Paul George is as gutsy as it it gets. And, you know, we know Ainge and Daryl Morey, you know, they're the kind of guys who have said, you know, I'll do anything and bet on my program to win a guy over. So I don't want to sit here and say it's not possible. But if, you, if you're Toronto, you're already, you know, living the Kawhi Leonard, you know, you're on the Kawhi Leonard tightrope every day. Now you want to you want to bring Anthony Davis into the mix too and just have two guys like that that you just have no idea if you can really keep them for the long term. I'm just I would totally do it. And, and for a couple of reasons. Here's why. Uh remember when we said that Lakers offer is going to be there in the summer and you know the Celtics offer is probably going to be there in the summer. So why not just throw everything in right now if you're trying I mean and out I have no idea whether they've done this or not. I'm just speculating. But why not just throw everything in and you've got AD and Kawhi on your team. You know, you're probably looking like maybe you're at least the favorites to get to the finals. If not, you know, we'll see what happens with Golden State. Probably wouldn't still even be favored over Golden State, amazingly enough. But And then if Kawhi ends up leaving, you could always flip AD again and, you know, kind of be – because if Kawhi leaves, they're going to rebuild anyway. So you no, might as well. Right. You're kind of in the that. same you're right. I mean, position. That, you know, if, um, if you if you if your approach is we're only going to have these guys for this season, I guess it could work. Uh, well, I and just, here's another thing too that I wanted to talk about. I mean, the, this is what AD has been saying to all these teams, right? Is oh well, I'm not going to resign. I'm just, I'll just go to the Lakers in the summer of 2020 if you trade for me. Really? Is he? The Lakers are going to hold open all their cap space for that long. He's going to go there to play with soon to be 36 year old LeBron and very little else. Like that's what the plan is going to be in 2020. Like it, you, I tend to believe it. I have to say, I tend to believe it. I, I, I do. Really? Okay. Yeah. And it, why does he want to be there so much? Do you think? Well, I think because the thinking is if you hook up with LeBron, the other piece, the other good pieces will follow and they would just be such an unstoppable force. You know, at 36, maybe LeBron isn't LeBron at 31 or 32, but maybe he's also ceding more of the the dominance to Anthony Davis. I mean, together, the the, the potential of those two guys together, I mean, is pretty damn tantalizing, even at LeBron yeah, at this I, age. Yeah. I mean, so I guess the only no, thing, I, I I agree with you there. It's just it's tough the for only, the Lakers. I guess the only just, disclaimer yeah. I would say is are these hamstring troubles that we're you know. Are these hamstring troubles we're seeing with LeBron? Like, is this is this a signal that you know he's doing too much at his age? And you know, Tom Haberstroh was, I think, the first one this season who really kind of underlined how much faster these Lakers play than any LeBron team has ever been. They're playing, you know, it's it's ten possessions a game more, and that you know, do do we know that's what did it to LeBron? No, will we ever know? Probably not. We can't conclusively say, but it certainly makes you think that the the pace he's playing in a much tougher conference that that you know that took a toll. I mean, it's a reasonable hypothesis. Yeah, or it just he kind of fell awkwardly, and someone I think it was Draymond like kind of knocked him off balance and and caused that acute injury. You know, that could be the case too. But you know, we've seen him avoid those for so long too. Um, what do you make of the all of these comments now in Boston. I mean, it really seems like there's a, I don't want to say quite a smear campaign, but there's a lot of stuff on both Kyrie leaving and AD not wanting to be there. His father's comments, which were pretty remarkable about how I wouldn't want him to be a Celtic because the way they treated Isaiah, but I don't speak for him. You know, I thought that, that was pretty interesting. At least he, he was clear about that. Uh, but I don't remember AD's father getting out in the media before. Uh, and now, of course, Kyrie's comments talking about, you know, I don't owe anyone shit uh, with the, the Celtics. And, you know, yeah, they're still the front runners, but there's an understanding that this season hasn't gone the way everyone has wanted it to. And Gordon Hayward doesn't look that good. And maybe the Celtics don't look like a championship contender unless they get AD. So what's to make of, of all this now? How much truth is there and how much of this is, smokescreen to try and get AD to the Lakers ASAP? Well, I guess my inst- my kind of immediate reaction to it is it makes me instantly wonder, A, how is Ainge going to react to this? And we don't know that yet, but we know Danny is capable of anything. I'm sure the thought has crossed your mind. God, would he just turn around and trade Kyrie before he even has to deal with any of this? I mean, it's Danny Ainge. I don't think you can completely rule anything out. But then the other thing is, 
is the Knicks. You know, so many teams sure. around the league have reacted to the Porzingis trade by saying there is no way the Knicks do this unless they know something. They're getting Durant. They're getting Kyrie. Well, now you have this other scenario where is, you know, LeBron and Kyrie are pitching Valentines back and forth to each other. Don't don't tell me is this is this real that AD and Kyrie could end up with the Lakers? Is that possible? I mean, the Knicks the Knicks have to be wondering that. So I mean, there are there, you know, it's it's just a bizarre game where all these big names are intertwined and <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know that I'm smart enough on in the wee hours of February 4th to know exactly how it's going to play out, but I look, I'm sure the Celtics are are really spooked. I mean, it's been a it's been a nervy, you know, it's been it has to have been a nervy run up to the AD situation, you know, their worst fear because the one thing you consistently heard for much of the season, AD loves New Orleans. He's he's not going to ask his he's not going to ask out. And you know, he did. He actually went to them and said, "I want yeah. out." And that that is obviously a, a terrible thing for the Celtics because they can't get in the game right now. And now the way Kyrie has, has you know, unsettled things there. I mean, they, they, they must be spooked in Boston. Still got a lot of chips, still got more chips than just about anybody to do good stuff. But when, when the two centerpieces of their plan are, are in flux, I mean, scary. It's so interesting. The dichotomy here, because for what's best for these teams involved, the, the Celtics are just such an obvious trade partner. They've been gearing up for this for years and years, probably really ever since it became clear that those Brooklyn picks were going to be as good as they were. And they had, uh, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum started looking good. I mean, this is something that, you know, I happen to know they've been thinking about for a long time. Everyone's been talking about for a long time. And for New Orleans standpoint, Boston is easily the best trade partner that you can get. Young players who can help you now. You don't have to totally rebuild. Uh, you can get some draft assets in the future. The Celtics easily, it, it would seem, can outbid any other suitor. And now you've got the players involved, though, who don't necessarily seem to want that to happen. They are doing everything that they can, it would seem, to dissuade these two logical trading partners from actually consummating the deal. Yeah, it's a problem if you're the Celtics. I mean, there's no question that they <laughs> this, this is not how they thought it was going to go. But, you know. Yeah. Well, may, maybe they feel like now there's more pressure for them to throw in more for AD so that Kyrie doesn't leave and vice versa. I mean, maybe there's uh, there's just all the more pressure to get the deal done now. And look, I think what you're getting at is Tatum. Is Tatum going to be in this trade? I mean, and that's what every – you know, oh, every yeah. Celtic fan is like, we got to get AD, but we're not giving up Tatum. Well, if Tatum is the only thing that separates you from AD, my Danny Ainge radar, my, my my Danny Ainge history tells me that he'll do it. I don't think he wants to, but <laughs> I just. Well, I mean, I think you, oh, man, all you, you don't necessarily have to have an unbelievable offer. You just have to have the best offer. And I still think the Celtics can beat anything. The Lakers can throw in uh, just with, you know, even without putting Tatum in the deal. Now, there's this idea that you have to make them wait, right? Like that, or, or to make the Pels wait. But then you get back to what you were talking about this idea that the Lakers offer is just going to be there in the summer anyway. So, you know, unless, again, some dark horse that we're not anticipating just decides to roll the dice on AD. And if I were one of those dark horse teams, I would be preparing an offer for sure and trying to get in on this. Well, look. If you're the Pelic, if you're the Pelicans, if you're if you're the Pelicans right now, who've just been totally shook by what's happened here in the last few weeks, I don't think the Pelicans have great incentive to either help the Lakers or get AD where he wants to go if LA is the place. So, I mean, I I still think it's better for them to let the deadline pass and wait, broaden the field, improve the offers. And I still think that's the way it most likely goes. But it's also been such a circus here lately with so many like the whole like Kyrie, you know, Anthony Davis lodges a trade request. That's that's wild enough. But then everything that happened this week with Porzingis and, and Kyrie just took it to another level. So, I mean, it's been so it's been so chaotic that, you know, I'm glad I do not have to make a binding prediction because 
it's the wee hours of Monday and Thursday at 3 p.m. Still a long way away. Good, you know, God knows what could happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't wait to to see what it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, there is a downside. Yeah. I mean, as a neutral, as a neutral, aren't you kind of rooting that it drags into the into the spring, so it it becomes a true wider frenzy? I, I think so, and also it'll put such stakes on what happens in the playoffs this year too. You know, I mean, that's like if the Celtics lose in the second round, you know, what is what kind of hand wringing is that going to cause now? Um, the Pels do have a little bit of a downside for waiting though. I mean, there's this idea that AD could just get completely shut down. I mean, that's going to be a black guy to the organization. He says he wants to play, but he also acknowledges that he is. No, yeah. I, I, I really, I don't see it. There's no, there's, you can't yeah. play him. And I think even he'll come to that realization. He should, he, even, even he, for him, it's, it's not no. smart. I mean, even I if agree. the pals were like, yes, we'll let you play. Like it can't be good for him either. I mean, there's, which is which is obviously you're right. It's not good for the league that one of the five to seven best players in the league doesn't play when he's healthy. I mean, that's never good, um, but it he can't play if they don't trade him. He just yeah. can't let him play the all-star game and that's it. Yeah. And they want to improve their draft pick as well. And if he gets hurt, that's a, a disaster for everyone. So um, yeah, that, and that'll be, that's another interesting deal with them is, you know, that basically Everybody on that roster is now available except Drew Holiday. So what else do the, maybe we don't get an Anthony Davis trade this week, but what what else are the Pelicans going to do? Julius Randle, Miritich. I would think those those are two fairly tradable guys. I mean, I know Miritich for sure yeah. has had no shortage of of teams interested. So uh we might not see an Anthony Davis trade, but the the Pelicans are going to make a trade this week. I think that that's a safe bet. Yeah, what do you do you get an impression of just what they what they want back? I mean, I, if Drew Holiday isn't available it sounds like they're gonna try to remain competitive here instead of going for the full rebuild i mean if it, if it were me running them i would absolutely make drew available too but i guess the problem is because those guys are on short-term deals that you know how much are you really gonna get i mean look we know in the davis trade that you know draft compensation is important but being competitive is even more important i mean new orleans kind of like indiana not a market where you want to like strip it all the way down and you know start from scratch again if you know they're which i think has been their messaging to drew holiday is we intend to stay competitive and be a playoff team we don't know exactly what that's going to look like around you but i i think that is fully new orleans intention to reload around holiday and still have a team that can make the playoffs in the west good luck season. that's going to be yeah i mean it ain't easy. I mean, the West is a nightmare. You're but. not getting you're not getting enough talent back for AD that you're actually going to improve your team. I'm sorry, that's not how these how these trades work. Well, that's true. But the one thing you have to say, they are a team that has five, maybe six good players, and yeah. it's a pretty steep drop off from there. Maybe with more roster balance, they could you know they could be a 45 win team. I don't think I don't think that's completely unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, I, my prediction is they'll end up just having to trade holiday in a year or two anyway, and have not made the playoffs and not gotten as good of a draft pick. But again, you know, I mean, I understand the, well, when they do, yeah. when they do, there will be no shortage of suitors. Cause that dude is got a great reputation. He is yeah. beloved as a two way force in this league. So when they get to the point of wanting to trade holiday, they will be fine. All right. What else do we have to talk about here? I, I think from the Knicks standpoint, how do you handicap their chances of, getting two max players i mean maybe it's not katie and Kyrie, but you know jimmy butler is gonna be available kemba walker is from new york um and kd in particular i mean that seems like there's just so much buzz about him ending up uh, with the knicks um is there any basis for that when you talk to other teams that's what they that's what most teams in this league think the knicks don't do this unless they know they're getting durant Durant is going to the Knicks. You just this this isn't just media scoundrels throwing this out there. I mean, this is what other teams are saying. They believe it. Now, I'm still in the camp of if Golden State wins, yeah, that there will be a case for KD to stay at least one more year. And I've always kind of been in the camp that says he's gonna want to play one year in the new building. He's such a Silicon Valley guy. He lives in San Francisco. Lives right near you know, right near where 
the arena is and he's going to want to enjoy that for at least one more year when he moves. But I might be, I'm, you know, I can fully admit that I might be too much of a romantic on that one. Um, and I might be too naive because there's yeah. just, so well, that, I, I had the same prediction. I had the same prediction that if, if he, if they win it this year, that he would stay for another year. If they lose that, that he's gone. But I mean, there's, it's interesting because the Knicks have been like, you know, not a model organization. I think we could say, and, the way that uh, all the recriminations coming out of the Porzingis trade and, and you know his latest Instagram post about hey stay woke Knicks yeah, fans. I mean, um, you know, th- there's not a ton of reason for confidence in the organization, but uh, I mean, you know, one thing you hear is that maybe like Rich Kleiman would have some role with the Knicks if uh, Katie were to move there. You think there's any truth I mean, look, to that? There's no shortage of ties of potent, you know of seeming connections for Durant to go to the Knicks. I mean, you hear, you know, Royal Ivy's an assistant coach there, beloved by Kevin Durant. Scott yeah. Perry was with Kevin Durant in Seattle. Hey, another one. They just got DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, everybody thinks, oh, he's, you know, expiring contract. They'll just buy him out. DeAndre Jordan's one of Kevin Durant's best friends. So I don't know. The Knicks might want to keep DeAndre Jordan around somehow because that might help their Kevin Durant chances. So, I mean, there are lots of these things you can look at. Obviously, you know, everyone knows uh, that Rich Kleiman is a New Yorker and they know that in the past he said these things about wanting to run the Knicks someday. So that's been out there for some time. So there's all kinds of ties between Durant and the Knicks. And and I think that's why, look, they, they are the team. Before this season started, they were the team consistently coming up as this is the threat to Golden State. It is, believe it or not, it is the Knicks. But at the end of the day, since Jim Dolan has been the owner, they've never scored anyone close to a Durant level acquisition. And, you know, do, you know, do guys want to go there? I mean, I'm sure that's still in there. You know, there is still a Dolan factor when other when when players are evaluating this franchise so you know we're probably gonna have to wait till july to see before we get a clear indication but again there's just too many smart people around the league believe this believe that the knicks are the foremost threat to golden state so you you cannot discount it you have to take it seriously no i i I agree with you there And, and surely now that the knicks are banning uh newspapers they don't like from press conferences i'm sure that the image of the organization will change they'll really control the message that way i don't know that that will resonate with players too much but yeah that was uh it, it's it's just, <laughs> it's astounding that that's i mean it's not now it's been going on for ages and it's it's just it's indefensible yeah. i can't believe that that still happens and it's just ridiculous so there is an nba somewhere outside of uh, this uh tripartite saga that we've been talking about one thing that's been getting a lot of momentum lately uh, is the idea of Mike Conley to Utah. In fact, in our mock trade deadline, we actually did that trade. Uh, what's the latest uh, on those discussions at this point? Yeah, you know, I reported Friday that it's you know that it's that the talks are underway and ongoing, and it would be you know Rubio for sure. But obviously, the the Jazz would have to put in a lot more to get to Conley's number, and you know how much draft compensation is Memphis expecting in return for Mike Conley? If they want two first rounders, as some people have suggested, can Utah really go to that level of putting in two first and taking on a guy who has so much money left on his deal? But I do think the jazz know they need a jolt. Uh, You know, the West has been, it has not played out the way we thought it would this season. There's been a lot of surprises and obviously Denver having the stamina to, to lead the West to the point that their coaches are going to coach coach in the all-star game is pretty amazing. Um, but so, I mean, the, the jazz know they need an upgrade, but I mean, and I'm sure I'm Mike Conley's a sensational player and he would probably fit really well there. I just wonder at the end of the day, can they really stomach the cost? So when you guys did it, what, what would it cost? I mean, what is it? Rubio favor favors and what else? Um, I think we did Grayson Allen, uh, 2019 first round pick, um, Dante Exum and Rubio. So we got there. Hmm. So, and the, and that's, I mean, I think people have varying understandings of what Exum's value is, you know, 9 million the next few years injured a lot, has some, uh, potential. So that was kind of the thinking that 
you know, sending him back to Memphis, who's not that worried about money, you know, would like someone with some upside. Um, but yeah, the second first round pick did seem like a, a little bit too much there for a guy who's owed 66 million over the next two years is 31 and hasn't finished two of the last four years due to a uh, heel slash Achilles issues. Yep. I mean, it's, it is, it is not easy, but uh, I think from a pure basketball perspective, he would certainly help them. Uh, everything I heard today kind of in my checking is yes, Utah still on this. They, they would love to find a way to make this happen if they can. So I think it's one we got to keep an eye on. Um, I know people have kind of thrown out Indiana as a, you know, with, with Mike Conley's ties to Indiana, that that would be a fun place to see him end up. But, you know, the, the chatter has really been to this point has really been about Conley landing in Utah. So if there is a leader in that race, I would have to say it's the Jazz. Yeah. It, I mean, do you think there's even anyone else actively involved in discussions at this point? I have to say, I have yeah. not, I have not heard of a team actively involved. Now he's, Memphis has been very active. They, you know, since they've made it known that that Conley and Gasol are available, so you know, just because I haven't heard it doesn't mean it's not happening. But uh, you know, Utah, Utah has been the one that 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 keeps coming up. Yeah, so it really seems like you know, I always talk about like X. Yeah, I, I will sorry. say that I will say this. I, you know, I I've heard nineteenth hand, so I don't want to you know I don't want to claim that I'm on the inside on this one, but. I have heard Detroit is another team. You know, Detroit's been linked with Marcus All, but supposedly they have a level of of Conley in, interest as well. So, I mean, maybe file Detroit away as as a team that that could get involved in the Conley sweepstakes. But uh, you know, I again, I heard that nineteenth hand, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to speak with with uh, declarative confidence on that one. I'm sure they would love to have him. It just it's tough for them to put together an offer. I mean. Even if they were to come with two first round picks, then basically any salary they sent back would be bad salary, probably. So now you're diluting the value of those picks as well. And, you know, I mean, Detroit is it, like Utah, if you're giving up picks, you know, you have the confidence you're going to be a playoff team for some time here. Detroit, you know, even if you get Conley, you get an injury and, you know, you're right back in the lottery again. So, I, I mean, I'm sure they would love to have him. That makes a ton of sense to me. It's just, I don't know how they, uh, wet memphis's appetite there i mean reggie reggie jackson's got to right. be in that trade and i don't know that that taking on reggie jackson is is what the grizzlies are after at this point yeah no i i totally agree with you there i mean so to put it charitably so i always talk about external leverage and internal leverage in trade discussions right external leverage is hey you know what like you better make your offer better because team x has this offer and you need to beat their offer it sounds like that's going to be difficult to create for memphis with Conley and probably for Gasol as well. But then there's also the idea of internal level, which is just, all right, if you don't meet our price, we'll just keep them. Do you feel like they, they have any internal leverage as far as like, all right, we'll just keep this guy or they just, all right, we got to get something for him while we can now. I I mean, I think they want to move at least one, but they're both complicated. I mean, Conley has not just the 66 mil, but the injury history you reference and Gasol has, the opt out ability. And so, I mean, if you know, a, what are you going to give up for a guy who can opt out? You got to be sure you got to be relatively sure you can keep him, but you know, he, because of his age and product, the state of his productivity, you know, I think there's some concern there. So, I mean, they're trying, but you know, a lot of people have kind of thrown out. They waited too long. They needed to do this a lot sooner. And if they can't come up with a deal in the next three, four days, that criticism is going to be validated in a very loud way. Another thing, actually, I haven't heard people talk about with Conley is he actually has an early termination option, which is basically the same as a player option for our purposes on the last year of his deal for 34 million. If he's healthy and playing well, maybe he doesn't start his new contract at 34 million. But if he plays well next year, the summer of 2020, there's going to be so much money around the league as all those bad 2016 contracts come off the books. And there's no good free agents in the summer of 2020. If you look at it, you know, unless a, a bunch of guys take one year deals again, there's going to be, you know, a real glut of money. We could see like a mini 2016 again. So maybe, you know, if he does play well, you only get him for a year anyway. So that's, you know, that's another downside perhaps uh, of trading for Conley. Um, I mean, can you think of any teams or, or have you heard any teams involved on Gasol at all? You know, I think, 
the the two that come up and again i i want to underline here that this is more of scuttle chatter aggregators do not take this out of control uh, they, here they don't listen I, to this know, podcast don't worry i don't think we've ever been aggregated on this everybody listens to this podcast what are you talking about everybody I, listens I to this i don't podcast. know if the aggregators do listen to it we, we i i want the show to get aggregated i i we, we need the publicity please please aggregate my show <laughs> So you want me to say some real controversial crazy? I know for a fact AD will be traded at 118 on Thursday. That was a joke, people. I do not know that. Um, I will say this. I have from other team. Other teams have mentioned to me that Charlotte and Detroit have expressed Gasol interest. I think I mentioned the, the Detroit link with Gasol already. So, yeah. Other teams have said that. I don't have my own firsthand knowledge of it. I don't know if that's even possible, but those are those are the those are the two that I've yep. heard. Well, Gasol went to Charlotte in our uh, mock trade deadline, so that'll be interesting uh, <laughs> to see whether that it gets any. What was that? What was that deal? What was that? Let, let's talk about that, I'll, and then they can just let, let, let me try to remember off off the top of my head. I think it was uh, Charlotte's. Top four protected first in 2019, and MKG and Biombo going back for Gasol. So it's basically you know you're not getting just a first just for the expiring contract of Gasol, and he also has the player option obviously too. But then Memphis also had to take back the, the bad salary of Biombo and slightly <laughs> less bad, but still maybe overpaid uh, MKG. So that how many more years does Biombo have left? He's another of those sour 16s, as, as Danny and I like to call him. So he's got one more uh, after this one. $17 million next year. Oof. It's going to be a long year. <laughs> going to be a long year in Memphis if they make that trade. Let's talk a little bit about a, another of your specialties, the buyout market. Uh, certainly got a little bit richer looking with the trade of DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews. To New York, New York saying, "Oh yeah, they're going to be a part of. The, you're going to play for us the rest of the year." Uh, I mean, and given how bad they are already at like you know ten and thirty nine or whatever they are, they probably will have just as good a chance at the number one overall selection if they played those guys or don't. But it does seem like those guys would be some logical buyout well, candidates. I, I think Wes Matthews ends up on the buyout market. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. And with so many teams that need shooting, he's he's going to be in high demand. I mean, there will be. Uh, a slew of playoff teams after him. But again, on DeAndre Jordan, as it makes total logical sense that he would want to buy out to go play with a playoff team, Houston. Can you imagine if the Warriors say, hey, let's go get DeAndre Jordan and add him to the mix? But, but again, one of Kevin Durant's best friends, if I'm the Knicks, <laughs> I'm not so sure that I want to cast him aside. If I'm the Knicks, I get him out of there as soon as I can. I, I don't want him sticking around and being completely miserable and seeing how bad it is here for for two months. Buy yeah, him well, out. Do do, do right by him in theory. You know, give him what he wants, and then you can always bring him back later. I guess like this. I I don't want KD having any sort of an inside view of what it's like to you know finish 15 and 67. Well, if he doesn't know by now what he'd be getting into, I I think he knows. I think he knows. <laughs> um, all right, who, who else uh, comes to mind here on the buyout market? And it's always with the caveat that, hey, maybe some of these guys will get traded. Maybe these teams can get value for them. Well, I mean, look, I've been writing, I've been writing, I've been writing since December that the Warriors want Robin Lopez. Now, yeah. I don't think the I don't think the Bulls will find a trade for him by Thursday, just because at that number, I you know I don't know who you know, Robin Lopez has fans, but. Um, yeah, no, and I, they don't I, want I to don't. take back any salary either. Like so the Bulls, it doesn't seem like. And Lopez isn't good enough to to be like a huge upgrade. If they consent to a buyout, Robin Lopez will have a lot of interest. You know, an, an inter- interesting one is Jabari. Do the Bulls just buy Jabari out if they can't trade him? And, you know, A, do they buy him out? I don't know the answer to that. But B, what will the market be for Jabari? I mean, I have to believe someone's going to take a chance on him and – and see if they can be the team to get him going in the right direction. But yeah. uh, I mean, this this really has the potential to be an interesting, interesting buyout group. Yeah, you know, it was funny last year. I mean, we thought a lot of guys would get bought out, like Brooke Lopez was the poster child of this to me, and then just ended up staying with their teams for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see who that's going to be. I mean, I think Memphis is kind of 
you know, second tier guys are interesting too. There are Jamichael Green and Garrett Temple. Omri Caspi just had surgery, so probably less so with him. Although, as long as he's waived by March first, he he could maybe uh, come back. So uh, th- those would be interesting guys as well. Do those guys get packaged with Conley uh, or Gasol? You know, that th- that would also be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, look, it's that's kind of one of the you know, I think I think we got two wins when they moved the trade deadline up. You know, win number one is it really does make make it enjoyable to have the trade deadline before the All-Star game and to be able to go to the All-Star game and actually enjoy All-Star weekend for what it is as opposed to having the trade deadline just suffocating yep. everybody. But or, kind of or the, a ski trip to Montana depending on on who you are. That's what that's what you're doing. You're off, you you're going to Phil Jackson's cabin for All Star Weekend. <laughs> yeah, just maybe some ice fishing, like right right out of his. Uh, I think he has like a pond there. It was wasn't that the photo of he took like a photo of like his feet like in front of the pond well, like shortly after. Getting if you fired. go to Montana, why can't you get him on the pod? You'll get aggregation then. Oh man! Just knock on the door, see what happens. He's, he Phil's probably having a great time, and he's still getting paid, right? I mean, he's. Uh, this this would have been the last year of his deal. I think you should give it a shot. Uh, well, the and then the other thing is, you know, the trade deadline's February seventh. The you know March first is the date by which guys have to be waived to be playoff eligible with a second team. And now we have the nice, you know, the nice three week buyout market to get all excited about, so we can overreact to to those guys. So I think it's a it we it's a win win for for fans of the transaction game. All right. Well, uh, hopefully. The aggregators won't be able to contain their excitement uh, at this podcast. But uh, uh, thanks again for coming on. This is uh, awesome. Great primer uh, for the trade deadline. And uh, looking forward to talking to you to wrap things up uh, in a few weeks or so. But this is great. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Be good. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.